0: Welcome to In the Fire, a podcast for the young families of Chapelgate Presbyterian Church. Marriage and parenting are a wonderful blessing and are extremely rewarding, but they're also really hard and can leave us feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, and defeated. That's exactly why we started this podcast, to help families see how the gospel injects encouragement, comfort, and hope into the daily grind of our lives, and to remind you that you're never alone in the struggle there is another in the fire.
1: Hello and welcome to In the Fire, a podcast for the young families of Chapelgate. My name is Rob Gicking, director of Young Family Ministry, and I'm joined today by two dear friends, Ellen Barrage and Jordan Woodrick, who I have here to talk with us today about small groups. But before we do that, I have a really hard-hitting question. So um, You know, how about this? Uh, Jordan, we'll we'll go with you first. And then Ellen, you get an extra couple seconds to think about this.
2: Uh, Yes. (laughs) But
1: if you could live in Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter's universe, which universe would you choose to live in? Keeping in mind that in true Young Family fashion, you're taking your young family with you to either Star Wars or Middle Earth or, you know, Harry Potter's, which I guess is very similar to ours. And yes, you're a muggle, you're not a wizard. So just keep that in mind.
0: (laughs) That's a great question. Um, So I personally am a big Harry Potter fan and very much not a Star Wars or Lord of the Rings fan. So I think I have to say Harry Potter. Um, But knowing that there would be some disadvantages at being a muggle in Harry Potter's world. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I kind of threw that one in there, Jordan, as like a a throwaway. I thought, you know, give three options for the fact of it. But like, I didn't. There was no part of me that thought either of you would choose that. You've basically chosen to be you in today's world.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've never really gotten into Star Wars. I understand that a lot of people love it. And I understand that it is, they are cinematic milestones, (laughs) Okay. I accept that. Um, and Lord of the Rings obviously is such a, a well-loved story by a lot of people, but I just never really gotten into those, but Harry Potter, I'm very, very into. Um, so
1: fair that enough. story
0: is beautiful to me. So I'd be happy <laughs> to have my family live in that story.
1: Yeah. There's nothing quite like an orphan who gets sent to a, a private school.
0: <laughs>
2: Gotta love it. All right. Ellen,
1: where where you are know, you living, Ellen?
2: I actually am going to echo Jordan on that one um, I do love Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, but immediately I thought of Harry Potter. Um, I just think it's fascinating the story with it, and I did give my son the little owl, the white owl, and you know the movie. So part of me is like, it's a natural fit. We've already got some <laughs> of the stuff to go with it. Like <laughs> easy peasy.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you. So if I call him Buckbeak, do you think like people are going to freak out? That's yeah. it's Buckbeak, right? It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know it. I know his name is Hedwig. Don't don't tweet at me, angry listeners. Yeah. Anyway, so Wait, well,
0: obviously, you, oh,
1: I'm I'm going to Middle Earth all day. Okay. I would like to, and I would definitely live in the Shire. Kate and I have talked about this a bunch. She is going to live in Rivendell, where the elves are, because okay. uh, it's beautiful and she's beautiful. And I'm going to live in the Shire because people just sit around and farm and and that's about it which is what I'm capable of on most days. So that's where I belong. Anyway, it is so good to have you guys here. Um, To get us started, uh, Jordan, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about about you and, you know, about your young family and how you got involved at Chapel Gate.
0: Yeah, so my name is Jordan Woodrick. Um, Me and my husband, Ben, have uh, lived in Baltimore now for, I guess, almost four years. Um, But both of us grew up in Mississippi. Um, and went to college there and then moved to DC after college and lived there for about 10 years, um, before moving to Baltimore. And, um, I guess about se- yeah, seven years into our marriage is when we had our first child, Roma Banks. Um, so she's five now. Um, and now we have another one on the way, a boy. Um, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. He's due on August 27th. So the countdown is definitely (laughs) going right now. Um, but yeah, so we, the the entire time we lived in DC, we, we went to a, a church there that had small groups as well. So that was kind of the first time we were introduced to the concept of a small group, um, in terms of like meeting in the middle of the week and kind of doing like, like life group type of, things um together um and then once we moved to baltimore and we looking for churches we landed on Chapelgate and um we were both really happy to see that Chapelgate also um emphasized the small group program i guess sure um and yeah I, that was something that was really important to us and um among other things but um that's kind of how we got started going to Chapel Gate was just visiting churches and finally found one that felt like home. Um, it felt like the church that we had really loved in DC um, together as like a young married couple. And so now we were, um, I mean, still young probably, <laughs> but but yeah, definitely as a, a young family going to church, that was very different, but Chapel Gate's been
2: a great um, place for our family to grow.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Ellen, what about you?
2: Yeah, um, so Dennis is originally from Ohio and I'm from South Carolina, Um, but we met in Virginia and as soon as we got married, we moved to Maryland and started the church hunt process and we just really fell in love with Chapel Gate. We loved, you know, their impact around the world with international ministry and music and the arts and then I feel like what kind of sealed the deal for us was, you know, checking out Dan Passarelli's Pub Theology and c- connecting to people with that. But then really small group, I think we joined one with the Wallers and the Ostaisons back in 2017, and have just been active ever since and hosting and like, being a part of it. And we just really felt connected after that. Because I mean, I've never really been to a, a bigger church as Chapelgate. So when we first visited, it was a little overwhelming, like people everywhere. I was like, wow, how am I going to get to know people here? But small groups really helped bring that home for us and get us connected to like, I think there was a solid group of 18 of us from the beginning that we just really got to be close with one another.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So for, for listeners sake, um, I have you two here to talk about small groups as a part of the, the connection, right? Like, like you said, Ellen, we're at a, it's a big church. Um, on one hand, there's advantage to that. Like if you're checking out, sometimes it's awkward if you're like, I'm visiting a new church and I'm one of six people here. So there's no like sneaking in and sneaking out, you know, (laughs) it's like, I just joined someone's like secret family meeting. But at the same time (laughs) at Chapel gate, you know, once you realize this is where you want to be, getting connected can be difficult because it's so large, right? It's like, you're lost in a sea of people. Um, so I, I totally resonate with that. And I've actually asked, um, Ellen and Jordan to join us because they're part of the same small group. Um, and so Ellen, you actually mentioned a couple of the, the families in there. So in 2017, who was part of that small group?
2: Gosh, it was so huge. I know, um, the Tarsus Swarms, the Wallers, the Ostheizens, us, um, and the Bennox, and it kind of, oh, and the Tegnals. And there were a lot of people that kind of, um, were very solid for a while until they had to move, unfortunately. So I would say, yeah, 18 of us. And there was just one kid, little Max at the beginning. And then I guess we all drank the blue Kool-Aid and (laughs) all had babies around the same time and had to kind of take a little bit of a pause for a moment just to get used to being new families because most of us were not at that point. Yeah. Um, And I think it was funny too, because it was all Boys, wasn't it? It was. It was all boys. <laughs> and when we saw Roma Banks, we're like, yay, <laughs> <have a> girl.
0: <laughs> so yeah, when you say the blue Kool-Aid, there it really was the it blue. Really was blue Not yeah. The pink <laughs> no
1: pink Kool-Aid. That's hilarious. And so Jordan, when did you and Ben join the small group?
0: We uh joined the small group toward the end of 2019. Um that was we started going to Chapel Gate in the fall ish in toward end of summer, early fallish of 2019, um, and befriended the Uzans at a, a Sunday school class. It was one of those where we just showed up and we were like, will someone be friends with us? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and they were really uh generous and and invited us to come to small group that week, um, which was I think being hosted at, at their home. Um and so that's where we met um, the wallers and the barrages. Um, and very shortly after that, we were invited by the barrages to a little Halloween party at their house. So that was, (laughs) it was really, it was a really nice way to, to wade in the water of community and get to know people. Like you said, in in a big church that we, you know, we didn't know anybody. Um, right. So, so yeah, that's, that's basically when we joined. And then of course, early 2020 was when, (laughs) the world kind of imploded. And, right. and we didn't have small group for a while, or we, we tried to do it over Zoom. But with all the young families, that was a little bit of a challenge to to manage. But um, yeah, then we got back on it after 2020.
1: Yeah, my small group actually at the time did the same thing. It's like we had kind of joined, we'd started a small group, we'd been together for about eight or nine months and the pandemic hit. And it really did. I mean, obviously put a damper on the entire world. But I think it showed for me and Kate, and we were already convinced of this, but it really showcased the importance of that community, right? And and when I say community, I don't just mean like corporate community, like, you know, um, we all work at the same place, so we're unified through our workplace, or we all go to the same church, so we're unified through Chapelgate, you know, in, in a larger sense, but like truly like people that I know who know me, they know my kids' names, I know their names like, and maybe even a little bit of what's going on in their lives. So, so um, I, you know, Ellen, why don't you, why don't you take this one here? And then I'd like to get your insight too. Jordan is through the pandemic. How did you guys see the community, the small group community that you had? How was that? How was that helpful?
2: Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, I think at first we were all like, how do we navigate this together? Cause we want to, make sure everybody's healthy and safe. And I think we really did our best to check in when we could with Zoom, whether it be like around dinner time or afterwards, just to say like, hey, how can we pray for each of you guys and just, you know, check to see what's going on in each other's lives. And we were all very flexible with it because you might have kids screaming in the background, running around, (laughs) you know, distracting in the camera. But it's just, I think that's one of the sweet things of community is we all get it. We all know, like, families are not perfect and like awesomely behaved all the time. It's like life is chaotic and we're all in it together. So I think that was encouraging during the pandemic is like, even though it can be very isolating, we're like all still very strongly connected. Um, So I think that was the biggest part for us.
1: And Jordan, how is it for you and Ben having just made relationships with these people? You know, I think you said what, six months before the pandemic hit.
0: Right. Yeah. That was, um, Yeah, that definitely was difficult in the sense that it was like we were just kind of getting into it when suddenly it was like the brakes were put on it. And um, an additional thing that was a bit of a challenge for us um, was that my husband then went to Afghanistan um, right at the beginning of the pandemic, like early February, right before it it hit. So um, both my daughter and I were kind of already entering into a season where we knew we would need community and like we you know it was one of those things where we were looking forward to like okay every week or every other week or so we'll have this midweek time with other people and other kids and we can play and and talk about Jesus and do all the other stuff that we do as a community and then to kind of have that suddenly kind of ripped out from under us was like a little bit of a, um, shock. And then as Ellen mentioned, you know, doing the zoom calls was, was still a bit of a respite sometimes, um, to, to be able to just touch base with people. Um, but personally, I'm, I'm a, I guess a lot more of a, like maybe physical presence person, which I'm sure a lot of people are, but I, I got to the point where the zoom stuff wasn't quite, enough.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Um, and, and as Ellen mentioned, it just, it got more challenging. I think as time progressed, cause all of us were already, you know, on the computer all day long working or, you know, doing calls and it got to where like, oh, if I have to do one more <laughs> zoom call, uh, I'm going to lose it.
2: Right. Um,
0: but definitely I think in the, in the pandemic, what I, I think this is what you mentioned, Rob, like learning how important that community really was, even if I, I might've intellectually agreed to that like statement before the pandemic, I think I really understood, I guess, very personally and deeply after um, having the experience of 2020 and like early 2021, that I really needed that. And, you know, it was fine getting fed Sundays through the, um, remote church service and text messages with people and all those really important things. But it was, you know, not having that venue through which we could get together as humans (laughs) with our little humans and really talk about, you know, talk about hard passages in the Bible or pray through things with each other or just hang around and like complain about how our, you know day was whatever right just like not having that was really like it was really eye-opening to me at the end of it to to realize oh I actually do need that it's not just some like perfunctory thing I need to check off my list for the day um or the week um so that was a big kind of eye-opener I know for me um as we re-entered the small group phase after the pandemic.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really interesting thought. And and I think I wanna I wanna emphasize that because I think a lot of times when people hear the phrase small groups, um they they think of the right things, right? They think about Bible study, they think about maybe you go through a book together, they think about um, you know, praying together. And all of that is true, right? Like that's one of the things that 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 separates it from just like a hangout. But there's also an incredible value in friendship, right? And like I am mm-hmm. actually friends with these people. Like I said earlier, it's like they they know me, I know them. Um, uh, Ellen, talk to talk to me a little bit about that. Like for you and for Dennis, what has the friendship been like uh, of being part of a small group?
2: That has been like one of the richest blessings to us at Chapel Gate. Because I mean, just the way we're all tied together as friends but with our families tied together our kids know each other they enjoy playing with each other oftentimes when we've needed support we'll do meal trains for each other we'll do baby showers you know engagement parties going away parties welcoming i mean we're just living life together and i think it just feels so much more authentic like the way christ wants us to be connected um more than just kind of like what jordan said some perfunctory perfunctory thing that you're checking off. It's like, this is real and raw and beautiful together. Um, And even just like, you know, with the childcare set up, and sometimes we would have like eight kids all between the ages of one to five, like completely chaotic running around us. And like, we all laugh and just keep going and like, you know, do our best together. And I feel like that is what you know, the Lord is called us to do is to kind of do our best given the circumstances we have. And I think Jordan and I have really um, enjoyed <laughs> navigating that together, kind of getting that set up, figuring yes. out as we go. Um, and it's been a real blessing to connect with her over that and, you know, be able to joke back and forth through the hardships and the joy and all that. It's, it's really been a blessing.
1: <laughs> so let's, let's actually talk about that because you brought up child care and, as a dad with a three-year-old and an eight-month-old, I can tell you one of the hardest parts of even considering joining a small group at this point would be like, uh, "Hello, like we all have different bedtimes. My kid, you know, like like Alex, we could probably still hold for a little bit. He'd squirm and it would be chaotic. But like Brad." you guys know, Brad, he's insane, right? Like he's lovely. He's awesome. But he's a, he's a three-year-old boy. There is nothing in the house that will be still standing by the time he's done in that room. Cause he's a three-year-old boy. And I'm like, how do you do that? So like you guys have, have done some pretty creative things. So like talk, talk me through, um, talk me through, uh, what you guys have done to like figure out the childcare scenario. So you're able to have a small group.
0: Yeah. Um, Definitely that was a challenge. And I know for, that was one of the things that when we first started going to small groups, even back when we lived in DC, even before we moved to Chapelgate, um, it was when Roma banks was little, that was one of the first things we were like, Oh, how are we going to do this? Like, do people do that? Do people just bring their kids? You know, cause we were the, we were the first ones in our group at the time who had had children. So it was definitely for, for us. Uh, kind of new territory as well um, but then coming to Chapelgate, as Ellen mentioned being in a group with where everybody had kids then that was like suddenly like next level <laughs> difficulty did it seem um,
1: did it seem like overwhelming like impossible at any point
0: um maybe let me say this I think maybe at some point I might have defined it as impossible before I before we Actually, did it because I think in my head and in my little, I guess, personality quirks, I have. You know, I I wanted I really valued that quiet time we have with a small group where we can all sit and talk and discuss really complex things and like solve world hunger together or whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> but realizing that that you know, obviously with six kids running around and that was going to look different and that I needed to kind of, in a way, I don't want to say the word compromise, but change what I thought was good about meeting as a small group and what was going to be valuable. Um, that even time to sit and as you said, like share life together and, and, um, you know, even in the midst of chaos, still be able to connect with each other. And then that was going to be okay. Now, that being said, we did with Ellen's help, because Ellen is very, very practical and very organized. She had located um, two uh, girls in her neighborhood who wanted to babysit. And we were like, yes, great idea. <laughs> Anyone everyone who is willing to sit with these five or six children every other week um, for for a dollar amount as yet to be decided but we'll figure it out um you know that that would work and so uh every week or every uh, we meet every other week but every week we're going to have um group either ellen or i would coordinate with those girls and make sure that they could come and um that's really been that really worked out well for us um sometimes with i think one challenge that's kind of it sounds like a small thing but in in practice, it can kind of become a big thing is making sure that you've got some space allocated for like the kids to be with the babysitters. Um, I know for example, at our house, the space is like, there's not a lot of like actual doors you can close. So we had to use like <laughs> gates <laughs> so It kind of looks like the kids are like in a cage, but whatever. <laughs> um, but that really worked. And, and at least there were other, um, I think with the babysitters there, even if the kids were still a little loud or rambunctious or sometimes coming into the room where we were, it was still better than, you know, us having to each field our own child at one time. Um, you know, having some other, uh, babysitters there to keep them occupied, keep them, um, entertained while we were discussing really was valuable. And I think that I know I feel happy with how it worked out and how it has been working out. Um, with that
1: setup, up. Ellen, um, in terms of the, like the administration, the administrative side of that, what, what are some of the things, I mean, I think Jordan mentioned like hiring babysitters. Is that, was that kind of the main trick for you? Talk, talk me through that a little.
2: Yeah. Um, I think we arrived at that because before arriving to that point, we had mainly just babies. And I think we kind of experimented some with that um, back in 2018, where, bunch of us had pack and play. So we might just bring that along and let the kids snooze with baby monitors in the same room while we, while we met. And sometimes that worked. Other times we just, you know, take turns rocking each other's babies um, until they got to be active toddlers. And that just didn't work anymore. (laughs) And bedtimes being, you know, in a range, but most kids are like 730 bedtime. So the six to eight timeframe was a little tricky, but I think we realized if we can keep dinner first and then have them move around and be active with babysitters um, while we chat Um, and like Jordan said having a designated space um, that really helps a lot because when we were meeting at our townhome we kind of had a baby gated set, set up as well where the kids could be free to just move and play and interact and be as loud as they want. And then we were downstairs with the door closed and we could kind of hear what was going on, but it was still like a rich community. And I think the big piece of that um, for me and hiring babysitters is um, my backgrounds in elementary education. And so um, I kind of know the process for hiring teachers, but also I was a nanny and babysitter before. So, you know, I'm used to being interviewed about that kind of stuff and interviewing people. And so I probably scared him to death with all these questions about what would you do in this scenario? Like, you know, but I feel like our kids are in good hands and the two girls were excited about it. They have a lot of experience with kids and they're best friends. So they were comfortable with each other. And I think it really worked out well. And we had Jordan and I had dialogued a lot about like, well, what do we do if one of them catches COVID like it did happen? Like because we don't want the one person to be overwhelmed with six kids And so we kind of talked about like maybe the ratio of one to three would work and and one of us adults would step in and assist Um, and we always were kind of available to them, even if the two of them were together, we said, if you ever need anything, please text us come get us like we're very flexible as a group.
1: Yeah. And, and I want to I wanna pause there because there's two things that you all have mentioned without mentioning. And one is that it's very clear that you guys hop from house to house. And I want to come back to that in a second. But two, I, I think what's really interesting is when I stop seeing small group as the same thing as a Sunday school, like Jordan, you, you were kind of alluding to this, is like, if I'm looking to small group to be this extended time of learning, um, then it makes total sense right? That I would have a peaceful, quiet, like focus oriented scenario. But we know, right? Like once you have kids, that is gone. Unless you are one of the lucky few who's got, you know, parents or in-laws nearby that like want to gobble up any second they can get with your kids, then you're taking your kids to small group. And I think what people do is they often see that as a reason to not be involved in small group, but here's the reality. Right, like in John thirteen, Jesus says, "They will know you are my disciples by this, that you love one another." And so, to me, as I process this, I go, "Yes, of course, I want to read gentle and lowly. Of course, I want to read ruthless elimination of hurry, and I want to process these books, and I want to dive in, and I want to ask the questions, and hear people's, you know, go, you know, go back and forth." But maybe right now is a season of life where the most valuable thing I can have or give is love in the form of community and friendship. With other believers, and so I don't know, you know, if if maybe you're listening to this and you're like, oh, you know, it still just feels like there's no way to do this. I I would encourage you, like, consider realigning goals. Like, what what is a good goal for this season of life? If I have young kids, maybe, you know, maybe in a few years when they're in elementary school and like a little older, they can self entertain better. Yeah, let's dive into like systematic theology. You know, like together as a small group. But but perhaps right now it could be as simple as like, let's go around the room and update one another on the madness of the week. How can we pray for you? Hey, follow up on how how did your interview go or like how did that that thing go? How's your kid? Are they feeling better? Because truly truly like it's those sort of ordinary moments that build the community that you rely on when the non-ordinary moments hit. So, I got a little preachy there and I apologize, but I just wanted to make sure we talked about that because it is it is important. So, second, switching houses. Actually, go, Ellen. What, what did you want to add something there?
2: Oh, yeah. I just wanted to piggyback on what you said with um, seasons and times of life, because I feel like one thing I really appreciated about the group is that all of us were so flexible. We said we're meeting every other week, but if stuff came up in terms of like, we're hosting, but the pipes just burst or there's like a dead mouse in the house and it stinks. (laughs) Like you never know what's going to happen. It's like all of us kind of picked up the slack with each other. And it's like, no worries. Come to my house. Don't expect it to be clean, but we're going to have a group. We'll order a pizza. Like it's going to be easy. Like, don't even worry about food. So it was flexible with that, but it was also flexible with attendance. You know, like we all knew we all want to be in community together, but sometimes life is crazy. We're traveling, we're sick. You know, sometimes things come up, so none of us were like making a list of like who hasn't attended every week. It's like, come if you can. If you can't, we totally get it.
1: Yeah, that's really yeah. freeing. Yeah, really freeing. So yeah, I'm glad um, you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Talk talk to me about the switching of the houses. Like, how did you guys come to that decision? Was that intentional? Was it was it accidental? T- tell me a little about that.
0: Yeah, Um, I guess when we first. Ellen can maybe speak to how the group was pre-pandemic, but at least post-pandemic. I know when we had our first kind of kickoff interest meeting, one of the, you know, if the line items were, you know, do we want to do a study? Uh, What do we do about food? What do we do about hosting? And then the last was childcare question mark. Um, One of the bullets then was hosting and both Ben and I had talked about how we were very open to hosting and fine with with doing that and just kind of opened it up and said, if anybody else wants to host, we can can make a rotation and trade off. And so then what we, I know that the barrages then offered that they would be open to hosting as well. Um, and so we set up a Google shared Google sheets where we um, just listed the dates of when we'd be meeting and then just put uh, host dinner dessert and people just signed up. So, you know um, I think it mostly worked out to where between us and the barrages, we were kind of just trading off back and forth. And then as, as Ellen mentioned, when stuff happened or, you know, especially with our homes or even with like whoever was hosting couldn't make it or people got COVID whatever <laughs> then we would just be flexible and, and figure something out um but yeah the the sign in sheet I feel like worked out pretty well and was easy to communicate um where we'd be hosting and um yeah
1: yeah I think that's really cool and it, it, it honestly like and this may seem a little like to you guys, it might seem more dramatic, but I, I think this is like a today's version of this is, you know, an Acts when, you know, after Pentecost and the believers share everything amongst one another. It, it I think it's, I think it's kind of neat, right? Like in one hand, it, it could be easy. Like if you have a great house and you're like a super gifted, like host or hostess type personality, it's like, sure, you could easily run and be like, yeah, I'll host every single week. Like, don't even worry about it on the flip side, I'm like, yeah, but I mean, there's something really neat about like, we all live in community together. We share what we have with one another. We, we share the load of food and we share the load of childcare. We share the load of cleanup afterwards. Cause six or eight kids under the age of five, whatever you said is like the hurricane hits and you know, like every week. Like, sure. I guess I could clean every week, but like, it's really nice to be in a group where, where everybody's kind of sharing that burden. Um, so as we kind of, as we kind of transition here to to close, what I'd like to do is ask each of you um, to answer in your own way the following question, which is if I was a, a new young family to Chapelgate, or you know, I maybe I have a couple kids, um, my wife and I are new, and we're considering a small group, what what would you tell us? Would you, you know, how ha- how might you advise us? Like, is it worth it? Is it something that is is, you know, should we do it? You know, like what, what has been your experience? Would you do it again? How about that? That's the question is if if your small group disbanded today, would you start or join a new one?
2: Yeah, I think absolutely invaluable. Like I feel it's one of the biggest ties to the church we have and just shows us how connected we are as the body of Christ. And I think, you know, there's, always a bunch of question marks in our minds as to how this would work out. Like, do I have the energy for this? Is my kid gonna like this? I mean, there's a learning curve with all of it, but I really encourage people to kind of dive in and ride the wave and just see how how it turns out and give it some time to kind of form to whatever it is gonna be. Because sometimes one week, it may be different than another. And I think in the end, like we're just all so well woven together. It's just worth it. It's the friendships that you make, you know, our kids being friends together and just the way that we can build each other spiritually is invaluable.
0: Yeah, I second that. And I think if someone were to ask me that same question, I would say absolutely. I would look for a small group as soon as possible if our small group disbanded and I would be really sad. Um, but I would also, I think, tell those this hypothetical questioner that. Um, a couple of anecdotes to express like how much our small group has meant to us. So one, one, uh, anecdote is I'm going to go back to those pandemic days where it was, uh, my, my husband was away and, um, it was just me and a three-year-old, uh, in a house and our, you know, as I mentioned, we're from Mississippi. So our family's not close by. We were literally just like a little Island (laughs) sitting there. Um, and, you know, we, it was difficult in all the same ways that it was difficult for for everyone else. But also my birthday fell in the middle of that time period. And actually side note, Ellen and I share the same birthday, which is (laughs) evidence that we were destined to be in this small small group. Um, But my birthday fell in there and, you know, it was, it's fine. I'm not like a big birthday person, but it was kind of like, Oh, it's just like me and Roma banks. And my husband's like a bajillion miles away and we're just just sitting here and really like, it wasn't something anyone had talked about ahead of time, but, um, a few families in our small group came by that day and like dropped off food, like dinner for us. Wow. And it was just such a sweet little, and like little, um, flowers and balloons and stuff. We're sitting on our front porch and it was just, it was just very, I guess, humbling. And it was a, a blessing to know that people were still like remembering us, you know, even when we were, uh, not obviously meeting that time. Um, and so I think that was one moment where I was like, wow, this small group, this really means something that we're in community together. And then a second anecdote I'll tell is actually about Ellen. Uh, another time that, uh, my, my, husband had to be away on a work trip this time, brief work trip, but, Ellen was really sweet and was like, Hey, he's going to be gone in the middle of the week. Can I bring y'all some, some dinner? And, um, I was like, Oh yeah, sure. You know, that's, that's good. And like, most of the time when, you know, when it's just the, you know, it makes the house, I don't think it's a big deal to just come home from work and make dinner. And it's like, eh, whatever. Um, but she made these delicious, sliders that were like, (laughs) it was a perfect meal like that. She just, you know, packaged it in foil and I could like put it in the oven as soon as I got home from work. And it was again, one of those like moments where I realized, Oh, like, I don't need to try to have to do this all by myself all the time, you know, or to try to like, be very independent, you know, like, it's fine, I can do it. (laughs) You know, Ellen really helped me, you know, as my a uh, friend and small group helped me see that, oh, it's okay to kind of rely on someone else to help me out when I'm in a midweek, challenging time. Um, and so those those couple of stories, I think, um, at least for me, is how I would share how much the small group affects our lives and help, and helps us, um, it helps me see how the small group is supposed to be this mini church, um, mini version, I guess, of church, um, and, and like the body of Christ really serving each other, um, in little, as you mentioned earlier, um, Rob, like ordinary moments, like dinner on a Wednesday. Right. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: yeah. And, and I think since we're sharing stories, I'll share this one and, and then we'll, we'll be done. But I mean. I, um, you know, the Wallers were part of y'all's small group and recently they moved down to Florida, which is sad, right? We miss them terribly. Um, But I'll tell you, one of the neatest things, one of the neatest things about my role here at Chapel Gate that's happened so far was um, Ben and Dennis and Tim Booker and I all got together to, to kind of have one last powwow with Caleb. And I mean, I was like an honorary invitee because I'm obviously not part of the small group. I wasn't good enough to get in or something. I don't know. My application got rejected, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, we're sitting there and I was looking around, I was like, you know, from the outside, there's not a single like unifying interest in this group. Like, it's not like, Oh, you know, we all love golf. And so that's how we all got into this small group. Cause everybody has a common interest in golf or like, we all are really big. We have the same career, you know. Like it, it, none of that's there. Like really, your small group, and I think uh, it's really healthy in this way. The, the The commonality is this: it's Jesus. It's a stage of life, which is a bonus and makes it easier for us to to bear one another's burdens. You know, because you're young families, you know what it's like to be wives, you know what it's like to be husbands, you know what it's like to, to be parents. I mean, you struggle with similar things in that sense. And so you're you're more equipped to come alongside one another. But really, I think that's so beautiful about your small group. And it's been such a blessing just to like pick your brains and hear about your stories and um, you know, what it's meant to you to be connected by means of a small group, right? Like there's other ways to get connected for sure. I mean, Sunday school and things of that nature. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think what what I would encourage our listeners to do is if you're considering, even questioning, hey, I, I wanna do this, it just feels impossible. Like email Patrick Allen. He, he, is, he is over the small groups, like email me, talk to Ellen, talk to Jordan, talk to somebody because the truth is like, it is so rewarding to have friends, friends that you can call in times of need, friends that you can celebrate with in times of joy and friends that just send you funny memes and gifts throughout the week. I mean, it's the little things that matter. And so, um, you know, thank you guys so much for being here. And uh, before we close, I I was just going to open it up. Any, any other comments before we, before we end?
2: I just feel like I can't, emphasize enough just how I'm so thankful for like the deepest friendships I've had in this area because you know us not having family here either I think our friendships mean so much more because that's that's what we have here and so I just it brings me to tears sometimes thinking about like what would I do if I didn't have this small group because I just feel so blessed to be friends with Jordan and everyone else that I've been connected with through this I'm like thank you lord Yes, I wanted uh, one other thing I
0: thought about that Ellen mentioned was about our kids being friends. And that's one way that I know that our whole family is very enriched, not just like myself, uh, enriched by the small group, is that the times that we've had to, as Ellen had mentioned, um, you know, earlier in the conversation, we had to cancel or, you know, plans changed at the last minute, you know, having our church friends, over or going over to someone's house for small group is like a red letter day in our week when I you know discuss with our daughter like oh what are we doing this week and so when the plans would change I mean (laughs) she was not okay (laughs) she the rest of us could be flexible but she as a five-year-old is not flexible (laughs) and she would be like so heartbroken I'd be like look don't worry, we're going to see them again. It's okay. It just didn't work out this week. So anyway, so I, I say that to, to um, articulate how important it is, even to our kids, I think, to get together and have that time of, of play and um, just enjoying one another. She, she really misses it when we don't have it.
1: Yeah, who wouldn't? I mean, it's so great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's so
1: great. Well, listen, thank you guys so much for being here, for talking to us, for sharing your story. It's been a blessing to me. I know it's gonna be a blessing to our young families. I hope um, any young families who are listening right now, if you see Jordan or if you see Ellen, like go up, introduce yourselves. They would love to get to know you. They are fantastic, as, as great as they come here at at Chapel <laughs> Gate. Um, and and I just want to close this out with this. Is is the reality is. This podcast is called In the Fire. And the idea here is that we're never alone in that fire. And so whether you're in that in the fire of uh, you know adjusting to marriage or adjusting to a brand new kid or adjusting to the three major years or whatever it is that's going on, like you were never meant to do this alone. And one of the, the most ordinary, but uh, biggest blessing ways that God is present with us in the midst of that is through fellowship with one another, through encouragement, through um, a kind word, through through a friend. And so small group is a great way to accomplish these things. I hope you guys got that from this episode. And if you want to learn more about Chapel Gate, or if you want to hear about our ministries, please reach out to me, or you can check out the show notes below. I'll have Patrick Allen's information there too. He's our pastor of spiritual formation, and he would love to get you connected in a small group. So would I. So listen, as always, remember, uh, this time of life can be a little hectic, but you don't have to do it alone. You were never intended to do it alone there is another in the fire. I'm Rob Gicking. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.